0: I am delighted to announce that today's podcast is sponsored by the local town crier service, Town Squarespace. I mean, I say that I'm delighted, but as you can imagine, I'm being less than completely sincere. Town Squarespace provides an all-in-one platform that gives you everything you need to announce your announcements or proclaim your proclamations. Who writes this stuff? Town Square Space's professional town criers are at least 30% louder than any other town criers. Whether you're just getting started or are an established brand, our powerful platform helps your business grow. I remember when it was perfectly acceptable to announce your next genocidal plan by posting it on the local notice board, but apparently no one looks at notice boards anymore, so you have to pay a man to bellow in people's faces. You people sicken me.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news. I am Russ, aka Morris, and I am joined today by two agile yet enchanting compatriots.
2: Yes, it's me, Peter Coffee, uh, from Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, and having followed me here yet again, despite my many diverse and strange diversions, which included a lengthy trek through the sewers and then across move the rooftops, it's, it's the one, it's the only, it's...
3: Angus! Yay! blowing Daryl's mic away. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, I'm Angus. I, I'm i multi-classing, which is why I've actually managed to get here this week, because oh. uh, the only reason I've managed to follow Peter over rooftops is because I'm no no longer just a fourth-level fighter. I'm also now a first-level thief as well. Wow. I know you say thief rather than rogue. It's very old school. Yes, I've not updated the fifth edition yet. Hmm. Or <laughs> fourth or, I, or I I still get XP <laughs> for finding gold. What can <laughs> I
1: say? Old school. Fair enough. Um, Angus, I have a question for you.
3: Oh dear. What, may I ask, has caught your eye this week? This week. I'm actually going to go with a Kickstarter launched last week. Okay. um, Which is for Dungeons and Doggies. Doggies. Dungeons and Doggies. And by doggies you mean... Woof, woof, woof. I see. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's a Kickstarter by a guy called Russ Thompson, um, who... And he's designed a series of little adventuring companions, basically dogs in various poses that will be able to come to your miniatures table and join your party. Um, But not only has he done that, but some of it, basically the dog's, A class, so basically you might have like a golden retriever bard or a roguie dog. And he's produced a little fifth edition supplement um, to go along along with these. And a little fifth edition adventure that you can use with them as well. So if you actually wanted to do a Dungeons and Doggies game, you can do it. And there's only one pledge level, which is one price. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. You get everything in there. And within days, it's raised almost £200,000. Wow. For our American listeners is $3 million, probably about two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars.
2: Canine champions of the Forgotten Realms. What a fantastic idea. Yeah,
3: well, I, I really like I, I really like it. It's not the first time dogs have appeared in games though, because obviously uh Pugmire Ed, Eddie Webb did Pugmire, um, which has been yeah. produced by Onyx Path, which is um, where you play dogs. Yes. Yeah, sure um is. and uh you know and other animals like the uh Bunnies and Burrows. Yeah. Your yeah. fantasy games unlimited game. What's been on your mind this week, Peter? What's been on my mind? Mm. Uh, well, there's many things that have been on my
2: mind. Uh, RPG. Specific. RPG! Oh, I see, yes. Well, I did see that there is a Rogue Trooper uh, film coming out sometime in the next couple of years. Announced but- by Duncan Jones. Oh, you caught your eye as well. Marvellous, yeah. marvellous. Yeah, uh, it's, bit, it's been a while. you got got, uh, what's it? Hatman and Gunner and, I don't know, Batman and stuff, it's- I, I'm not hugely familiar with the Opus of 2000 AD. I think I should really look into that and become more familiar with it in the future. So Duncan Jones is um, David Bowie's son. Okay. And um, which
1: which he did? Oh, what, Moon, Moon, Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh. What else has he done? Well, I liked both of those.
2: Very different films. But I, very, I haven't seen Warcraft. I really liked Moon a lot. Mm-hmm. Dan Rockwell was an excellent performer yeah. in it. No, Warcraft was also surprisingly good. I went in with. I'll be honest, very, very low expectations. Mm. But of course, and this is an exceeding. RPG
1: podcast. And yeah. You, you bring up Rogue Trooper. What's the RPG angle there, Peter? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I probably should have thought of that, shouldn't I? Oh, never no mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If only someone was producing a 2000 AD role-playing
2: game. Some talented games developer for somewhere.
1: Mm.
2: Oh, well. Maybe oh.
1: maybe something like that will come in the near future.
2: What no, a chance it's that. Or well, maybe we should make an announcement, that we're going to make an announcement about it. Yes. Think? Later yeah.
1: this year, we're going to make an announcement about something.
2: Oh, whoa, whoa. Don't give away too much there. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of information you're taking
1: well, I should be more vague, actually. Later this year, we might make an announcement at some point about
2: something. So keep your ears peeled for that. Rush, rush, rush! You're not getting into the spiritual thing. To do this properly, you have to use the passive voice. It is... Hypothesised that later in the year an announcement might be made.
3: About an announcement. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> On a future podcast, if you listen carefully, we might say something.
2: What? <laughs> How's that? You said too much. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah, so so,
1: what, so you? what caught your eye, apart from the road trip film? Uh, so what's caught my eye is something in the future. It's not just set in the future. It's something that is going to be happening
2: after we finish recording this podcast. Many things are going to happen after we finish recording this podcast. But this particular thing... Yes? Green Ronin... Yes? Um,
1: ...have announced yes. that their Kickstarter for The Expanse role-playing game, the official Expanse oh. game, is launching today. Today's Monday. By the time our listeners hear this, it'll be Wednesday, and um, the Kickstarter will have been launched for two days. Um, we haven't seen it yet. It will probably be coming out like an hour or two after we finish recording. So we'll be like jumping on a line and having a look at it then and possibly talk yeah. about it a bit more next week.
2: Damn right. Love it. The Expanse, amazing set of books. Written mm. by two people, do you know? I do. I you know? do. Two people who share one pen name. Brilliant. And great authors. Mm. Moving swiftly on. Um, so shall we do the news? Ah, yes, the news. Oh, if only there's something worth talking
1: about. Well, um, there's been some D&D setting news come out over the weekend.
2: D&D setting news? Yeah, mm. right.
1: Now, you know D&D... I'm passingly familiar with it. And you know settings. Mm. So, so far, I'd like, uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast have only uh, released Forgotten Realms-based stuff and yes. one Ravenloft based adventure.
2: The Curse of Strahd.
1: Yes. yes. Um, so, over the weekend, on Amazon, and this has not been announced yet, but it's appeared on hmm. Amazon, was a sort of a product page for... Uh, I don't know how you pronounce them. Ravnica? Ravnica? Ravnica. Ah, which is apparently... Um, a Magic the Gathering setting.
2: The the, the, the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Yeah,
1: yeah, so the the book is called The Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. It's a hardcover book um, slated for November the 20th. Ravnica is a Magic the Gathering setting which obviously they're sort of updating for D&D and bringing out a setting guide. That's pretty much all we know so far. Were we expecting
2: this to come out via Amazon? It seems like an unusual channel. No. We were okay. not expecting this. Oh, okay.
1: uh, Ravnica is described um, as a plane whose main planet is covered in a large city, also referred to as Ravnica. It takes its okay. flavour from that of Eastern Europe, apparently. An I've
3: okay. actually been to Ravnica. In Slovenia. It's Ravnica, it's actually a little place in Serbia. Not Slovenia. Pretty sure it's Serbia. So it's not a planet covered in a large system. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I remember I was amazed when yeah when I was traveling around Serbia and we kind of oh. like discovered this place called Ravnica. Well, it's got a lovely it
1: cover it's got a picture of this it's got a lady here who's covered in some kind of sort of arcano technic armor with glowing lightning
2: That's some, all over the place That's some thaumaturgical ma- major punk going on right there. And if you look in the background, you can see there's a particularly handsome dragon. Yeah, there's a dragon there in the background. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm told on good authority that's Niv-Mezit or Niv-Mizit. I'll be able to say that. Best out of three, yeah. So, unfortunately, that's all we really know about
3: it so far. Oh, no, there's one other thing we know about <sighs> it. We know how much it weighs. Yeah, yeah. The, the Amazon listing doesn't tell us anything about pages or anything else, but it does give a weight of 1.25 pounds. I've got an idea. What's your idea? We can
1: work out... How many pages it's got by weighing some other books, seeing what they weigh, and finding a book that weighs 1.25 pounds. And that will tell us the page count of Ravnica. Oh,
2: that'll never work. We that's, think... scien- that's scientific. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's scientific to a sort, but we need to have like, some sort of copy of a Wizards of the Coast role-playing book to be able to weigh it. If
1: only I had such a thing. Why? What is that pile of about a dozen books
3: over in the corner? Oh, my goodness. What? Dungeon Master's <laughs> guy, What's that about? The, the Rise <laughs> of Tear, Matt. Tear. Ah, somebody crying on mats.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't know what these books are, but we could try weighing them. What so, do you reckon? Do you have some kitchen scales? I have some
3: bathroom scales. Will that work <laughs> Yes, for science. <laughs> 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 bathroom okay. scales. The only way that's going to work is if somebody weighs themselves and then weighs themselves carrying a book. I'm going to weigh myself. I'll do it. You fools. Taking
2: one for the team. Okay,
1: so um, Peter has, um, for our listeners, stood up, walked away from his microphone. He's walking across the room mm-hmm. towards a set of bathroom scales. He is now weighing himself.
2: progress.
3: Without the book. Russ, yes. Should I just take this moment to ask why do you have a set of bathroom scales sitting in your your recording studio? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you weigh without the
1: book?
2: Nothing. No <laughs> uh, so I, I have two hundred and thirty-nine point five pounds.
1: Okay, so pick up a random book and weigh yourself again.
2: I now have the Rise of Tiamat.
1: I, re- I reckon hmm. go with one of the larger ones to start with. Uh, Okay. I go with that guide for the Master of Dungeons. Or maybe a Monster Manual. Monster yeah, Manual. Yeah, like. Okay.
2: Nice melee weapon this one.
1: Right then. What do you weigh carrying that? Two hundred and forty
2: two point two five pounds.
1: Which makes that book
2: Uh 75
1: two point seven five pounds? Two point seven five pounds. So it's considerably lighter than the uh than the D and D monster manual.
2: So Guildmasters guide to Africa will be nice.
1: Okay. okay, so let's go for a smaller looking book. Modern Mordenkiner's Tome of Foes. Okay. okay. Let's give that one a try. Yeah. This is Science in Action. We'll probably get published for this. We might even get a Nobel Prize. Watch
3: us in American Scientific Magazine. Exactly.
2: All right then. I think nature needs to make space for us. 241.5. Which makes that book? Uh Two.
1: Two pounds. So it's, so it's thinner. Area. It's thinner than Mordenkind's Tome of Foes. Let's try Tiamat then. Let's give Tiamat a shot. That's quite a thin-looking hardcover. Rise of Tiamat. Because this book is a hardcover, isn't it? The yeah, they're hard covers. Okay. So so we're we're only we're only really weighing hardcovers here. Right. How much does Tiamat weigh? Seven
2: eighths of a pound.
3: <laughs> Seven eighths of a pound. Yeah. And
2: what's that?
3: It's, Point not eight. Seven eight. it's not seven leaps of a power of we, we had this problem before. We had this we? problem. Yeah.
2: Okay, let me recalibrate. Sorry.
3: Please bear with us a moment.
2: In this intensely scientific endeavor, I appear to have gained three-eighths of a Who knew science was so fascinating?
3: Right. <laughs> right, rise of Tiamat. What does it weigh?
2: One and three eighths of a
1: pound. So that's basically about the same. 1.25-ish.
3: One, 1. So, which is the
1: same as So, the next question is, how many pages does Rise of Tiamat have? Given that it weighs the same as Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. I have 94 pages. Plus a few extras.
0: so yeah, about 96. 96, 96
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Oh, so, I we, so, I think we can officially confirm right here... On the podcast, through empirical scientific experimentation, yes. we can conclude that Guild Martyrs Guide to Ravnica is a 94 to 96 page book, <gasps> hardcover book. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. <laughs> that, that gentleman is science. Science?
0: Science. Science. Yes.
1: Well, that was fun.
3: <laughs> hey. Has that ever been done on a podcast before? Please, God, no. <laughs> and so so the new the new book's going to be 96 pages, hardcover, oh, full mm-hmm. colour, as all the D&D books are. One thing that I'm surprised at is it's taken so long for Wizard of the Coast to actually produce a retail Magic the Gathering in mm. for D&D. Yeah, because, I mean, they've, yeah,
1: they've done a few PDFs. Mm. Oh. Um, headed up by James Wyatt, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's been four, five, maybe even six. I haven't counted, but um, there's several of them. They're quite sort of chunky PDFs, well laid out, um, full of races and setting information for each of various Magic the Gathering worlds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but they haven't released anything in hard copy at all.
3: Yeah. Now, you know, I, I must say, one of the things that a lot of people thought when Wizards first brought TSR back in the late 90s was that they were going to start doing Magic Gathering settings. Yeah, they have, for whatever reason, held off until apparently now, which is great. Now, a lot of D and D fans might not actually know what Ravnica is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am one of those people. And you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I, 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 loved Magic. Yeah, I've played Magic a lot, but um, I believe Peter, you've, you've looked into a little bit of Ravnica behind the scenes, haven't you?
2: I might have. I admit nothing. Okay, I'll tell you all. I'll tell you everything. Okay, we'll tell us everything. <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, what it is is the whole idea about this whole guild masters guide to Ravnica is there's like ten guilds. There's uh, the Boris Legion, which is a sort of a zealous constabulary. The Cult of Ractus, which does catering, entertainment, and assassinations. Catering, entertainment, and assassinations. Obviously, these things co-locate. I wish I was making this up. I suppose you could poison people. Yeah, uh, you sort of have the Gruul clans. Who aren't really a faction, but they are. They're former Druidic types who were responsible for the wild places, fallen from favor, and now they're reavers. Uh, you've got House Demir, which does espionage, smuggling, burglary, counterintelligence, assassination, and other illegal services. All my favorite things. I know, right? Founded by vampires. Wow. I know. Uh, then you've got is it League civil engineers, come wizards. They break the city then fix it, as far as I can make out.
1: The They sound a bit boring.
2: I know, like who's interested in Civil Engineers? I know, civil engineers. <laughs> hey, you leave them alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is the next one some sort of like property surveyors or something or
2: it, a League of Accountants? You're not a million miles off. <laughs> okay. We've got the Orzov Syndicate, which I would describe as a Necroarchy, which has you all know being a well, educated man means rule by the dead. Mm. They're all about business. They're all about religion and all about the business of religion. Blimey. Yeah. Um, extracting money from people through religious services. Uh, I'm sure that's not a sort of comment on anything. You've got the Simic Combine, who are magical biotechnologists led by a mad science merfolk. Then you have the Senate, who appears to be the actual government right. <laughs> of the rest of these uh, various lunatics and people. Then you have the Golgari Swarm. The what? The Golgari Swarm. Okay. A necromantic swarm led by, and I quote, a god zombie. And then you have the Celestnia Conclave, which, as far as I can make out, is a hippie cult
3: of dryads. Right. Okay. So one of the things that, um, yeah, that's a
2: lot of different that, guilds. That's ten different guilds. There's a lot of different yeah. things
3: going now, on. Yeah. Now, of course, in, the guilds in the actual Magic Gathering game were combinations of the colours, because Magic yeah. Gathering's got five different colours, which are different spheres of magic. And yeah. combining the colours basically makes different you know, different hint, different hints slants on what you can yeah, do. You can game. get
2: what, blue, black, white, yeah.
3: red, green. Yeah.
2: And it corresponds to fire, mileage.
3: water, air, etc. Ex- not,
2: et not, not in that order. So, but yeah.
3: No. <laughs> um, also, one of the other things that magic is famous for, apart from yeah, being a very good day, having some fantastic artwork, is they've come up with loads of different kind of like creatures and, fire, and also races and various bits and pieces. So, will you mm-hmm. be able to? Do we know if we'll be able to play brand new races within the mm-hmm. cassette setting? We do not know. We, we do
1: the, not know. The problem is this has not been announced yet. All we've got is this product page on amazon which gives you got you got the cover a very brief sort of back cover blurb and you know the weight and the fact that it's hardcover and has a release date of november 20th however we do know that supposedly we're supposed to be getting more information about DD settings on the 23rd which is today as we're recording oh. by the time people hear this podcast Will actually, and they will probably actually know an awful lot more than we know right now as we speak, because you know it's going to be later this evening, our time, when when all this information really does sort of get, properly get announced. This is your editor Daryl here on Wednesday, and I just want to let you know, Wizards of the Coast have made their announcement,
2: and no, we really didn't learn anything else. The guys covered everything that was in the announcement. So I would like to take this opportunity to take part in one of those fine traditions that we've built up on our podcast on Morris's unofficial RPG tabletop talk. talk. Hey, I got it right. <laughs> and if you listen to our... If you subscribe to our Patreon, you can hear me yodeling that at some point as well. True sorry. I would like to indulge in some baseless speculation based only on my own cleverness okay. and names. Well, what would be fun right. is if we revisit it next week
1: and see how accurate we were after the announcements have come out later today. <laughs> so basically,
3: anything we say from now on, we... Respectfully. We, we, it we don't know. Which is pretty much the same as anything we've said up to this point. Ah,
2: ah.
3: I'm cut it's
2: so unfair and accurate. Uh yeah, but, so with all these various factions and so forth, you have things that I don't think can be playable characters. I'm gonna be very hard pressed to believe that a griffin is going to be a player character.
3: Is is a griffin one of the people in one of the creatures in charge of a guild? I don't think so, actually, I don't know.
2: Um Angels you could do Azamar. Or a Griffin couldn't be a playable character. You could have a teenage mutant ninja turtle as a player character. Why couldn't you have a Gryphon? That's a teenage mutant ninja turtles.
3: Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Merfolk. You mentioned Merfolk. Yes, you? can Merfolk come out with the water?
2: Yeah, Merfolk, uh, they've already been put out with some playtest material with Plane Shift Zendikar, I know for certain. Uh Centaurs and Minotaurs. Within the past couple of months, they did, like, a fairly big playtest and <laughs> do feedback you know on those. The has legs? I'm going to say yes, except that apparently they don't in the magic setting, except when they do. I can imagine that also being quite awkward. Okay. I'm just trying to work out how they walk on land. Or maybe they
3: just sort of flip along. Flip, flip, flip. Flop, flop, flop. <laughs> maybe they do. <laughs> they, they, they might get trolleys and have to be pulled along by aerial seahorses. And that would be really good aerial for you. Aerial seahorses. Well, they'd have to be air horses. horses. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to be aerial horses or seahorses because otherwise <laughs> they wouldn't be able to count <laughs> out for water Would though.
2: horses not work? Oh no, can I? Land. Land. I'm just being prosaic. So <laughs> uh, there are certain common elements. Humans are often found throughout the place because apparently humans just get everywhere. Like rats and hobbits. Well, hobbits, I can't
3: stand the smell. <laughs> Sorry. Aaron. Found a hobbit in the bathroom the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, clogging up the bloody plug hole. Terrible they noise. get everywhere, don't they? They do, they so. do.
2: They do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's hot in here, but uh, a pair of hobbits just opened the door and threw in a ring, so that's something. Right, so. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so vampires, I think, are definitely going to come out. I'm going to say uh, things called thrills. I'm not entirely sure what a thrill is. It's some sort of undead creature. Thrill? Thrill, How does thrill it or th- thrall? How's it, it spelled? It's spelt, not like thrill or thrall, <laughs> it's spelt thru double Thrall. Yes, <laughs> which is what I've been saying. I know, these people. <laughs> and apparently, and you're, and you're like this, they are apparently made in the same way as a uh, Phyrexian newts. And I'm sure that means a lot of things to many people, but not to me. But I, I, I think just on there, how common they are, they should be out there. I think zombies might well be a playable character.
3: Which I know sounds strange, but it's entirely possible. Zombies aren't really renowned for being particularly, you know, communicative. But they can be. It depends what zombies you go for. Look at Liv in Zombie*. You know, she eats her brain and she perfectly, you know, she gets provisions visions of the brain. And there's uh, also it, she?
1: Um, Santa Clarita Diet. Mm. Yes. yeah. Drew yeah. Barrymore uh, in that. Yeah. She's, she's a zombie, isn't she? Yeah, she. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought she was a
2: cannibal. Well, no. No, she's a zombie. I was going to watch it, and I was like, no, we're not watching that. It's horrible. I was like, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's
3: very, very worth watching. It is quite funny, yeah.
2: Fantastic. Fairies and a new variety of goblin, I think. Okay. So we'll have that. More elves, because can you ever really have enough elves? Can you? I mean, we've got three in the player's handbook.
1: Well, how many elves would you say is the ideal number of elves? Uh, and at what point do you reach peak elf? And then you sort of climb over the hump and then they sort of... Get diminishing
2: returns yeah, on the elfness. Yeah. I mean, like, four elves, five elves, seven elves? I mean, it's the prefix elves, really. You know, like you've got your shadow elves, you've got your wood elves, your dark elves, high elves.
3: Why are they high? Sea elves? Winged elves? Why are there no low elves? Do we still have wood elves? I always used to like wood elves. I think they might I'm have changed sure sure my are. age now. Yeah. Have wood elves been in D&D for a while? I think different wood settings elves, yes. yeah, yes,
1: different settings, kind of name these things slightly differently anyway. Yep. Yep. So yep. a high elf and a grey elf.
3: And a silver yep. elf.
1: And a silver mm-hmm. elf might be a wood elf in a different sort of uh, setting. Mm-hmm.
2: So all events just on the sort yep. of uh, nomenclature used by... So, and elementals. That would be my last one. So there you go. You heard it here first, I reckon. Based on almost no evidence whatsoever that we'll be seeing elementals, vampires, zombies... Some humans, fairies, a different type of goblin, things called viashino, which are basically lizard people. Okay. All these will be making their appearance in that book. Okay, because one of the things it does say in the blurb that came out on Amazon was that each of the uh, guilds would have its own set of races and subclasses. Hmm...
1: Yeah, it says there, each one has its own identity, civics function, its own diverse collection of races and creatures, and its
2: own distinct subculture. Yes, yes. In terms of D&D, this is going to be very exciting for a lot of people. Do you know that's not the only D&D setting news? Oh, really?
1: There's another little, little tidbit It ah. may or may not be news, and may or may not be announced later today, or not. So, um, are you familiar with um, Dungeon Masters Guild?
2: I'm very familiar
1: up till now, uh, publishers on the Dungeon Masters build have had access to uh, Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. and Ravenloft. Yes. Um, they're not allowed to write in any other settings mm-hmm. or, indeed, their own settings. It has to be one of those two or generic material they publish there. Okay. Although the terms and conditions haven't changed, the terms and conditions still specifically say you can only use those two settings... Um, the little drop down, little menu that you use to, um, in a sort of back end admin panel when you upload a mm. new product, um, there's been a new option added to it, uh-huh. sort of quietly, uh-huh. and that says Eberron. Oh, ho, ho. So Exciting. it could be that later today it's going to be announced that Eberron is being opened up on the Dungeon Masters Guild for sort of fans and publishers alike to start writing for. That would make we have a lot no of happy. Happen make a lot of people super. Of course, yeah. it might not happen. I don't know. We're speculating, but you know, based on that little little bit of evidence, I think it's um it's a reasonable it, guess.
3: It's, it's it's a shame in some ways that kind of like things like the like drive through with drop down menu and Amazon's mm. cover, you know getting out get revealed yeah. before the actual official announcements. Uh, yeah, it's
1: well by the, by the time anyone listens to this, it would have been revealed or it's, not it's, anyway. It's, so yeah,
3: yeah. old can, old or redundant. news. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they'll know far more than we do now. Drive-thru, Cubicle 7 getting the Warhammer fantasy license was revealed via drive-thru by accident months before uh, the official announcement came out. Because all the old Warhammer digital copies that anyone had brought suddenly changed in their libraries from Fantasy Flight Games to Cubicle 7. Because that's when the handover took place. But the actual announcement didn't come out for months. So yeah, keeping an eye on some of these things do actually Mm -hmm. yeah, come up with Mm occasional little gem. Have to watch those techies. I have even more D&D news more, D&D. more yes. D&D news. Anyone think that D&D was the world's biggest role-playing game. With amazing, coverage. isn't it? <laughs> uh, would you like to hear
1: some more D&D yes. news? Yes. Oh, go then. Okay, then. Well, I've got two pieces of D&D news. Ah, uh, you said uh,
3: one piece. You said another piece of news. I said no, more. I had some more, more. D&D okay. news. I said. Angus, they're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> Damn hobbits! <laughs> so,
1: news item number one. Uh, Wizards of the Coast have announced a pair of new D&D books for uh, young children. So these are designed to teach kids um, the alphabet and numbers using um, D&D fantasy adventures as a basis. Um, and they're called the ABCs of D&D and the
3: 123s of D&D. Now, didn't these already come out independently and Wizards have basically taken them up to republish? Well... Um They're currently,
1: interestingly, the number one new release on Amazon in the early childhood education category based on pre-orders alone. But the release date is October the 23rd. They're like hardcover books, uh, $14.99 um, cover price. But that's pretty much all I know about it. I mean, i got, I, got a, I got a picture here, a nice little cutie picture of, you know, some...
3: The ABCs of uh, the indie. Adventurers. I have a feeling that they were available as an independent publication, and wizards have taken it on to publish themselves. They've actually you know, even brought the rights or licensed it from original. Oh, control. maybe. I don't know if that's the case. The ABC of RPGs was originally a Kickstarter by Hunter's Books. Well, there so we go. Yeah. Yeah, Breaking news. Up. Yeah, they they, oh. they had just under 2,000 backers and raised mm. $76,000. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when was that? This. I will have a quick look. So I, I think I did see that coming through. My social media. And it was nominated for an Emmy last year. Excellent. Fantastic. Oops. It successfully funded on March 21st, 2016.
2: Right. So, yeah. It's been so, out for a couple of years then. And now, with uh, buying it in and re-releasing it into the world?
3: Yeah. Rebranding slightly to C do the D&D chain.
1: Um, so this next bit of news is an alternate cover gift set for the D and D Core Rules. Oh, okay. Um, so this is uh, for like the holiday shopping season. So what you get is the um, Player's Handbook, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, which we know how much that weighs, we do. and the uh, DM Screen, uh, collected together in a, a brand new slip case. It's going to be one hundred and sixty nine dollars. Ninety-five, only available in uh, hobby stores. Not you won't be able to get that off Amazon. Which is about the same as the retail price for all four products. Uh, products like if you buy them individually,
3: huh?
1: um, not at Amazon. Obviously they're cheaper at Amazon. Um, so you know this is kind of a good way to sort of give someone D and D as a gift. They're definitely yeah. collectors' items. Um, they're you know they've got a pretty sort of new artwork. If you have a look, I've got Uh. a picture here and um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But, you know, new artwork, new covers, very pretty. But there was another bit of news, which um, I believe you mentioned to me earlier today, Angus. If you wanted to bring that one
3: up, ah, yes, um, yeah. The one of the big news that came out towards well, middle last week uh, was the announcement by Amazon Studios that they're going to be doing a new stream, new TV series that they'll stream on their platforms of Tales from the Loop. That is exciting. Mm. Yeah, no, I do, tell... I do very, very, very much like that. Like, yeah. uh... Now, Tales from the Loop has been a multi-award-winning uh, role-playing game, and um, mm. it's actually based upon. Uh, uh, artwork by a guy called Simon Stalhag, I think his name mm-hmm. is. Um, which it's very distinctive, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 yeah. it's the, the artwork is very very evocative. It shows yeah. a kind of like an alternative nineteen eighties that mm-hmm. that didn't exist, um, where there's kind of like machines and also some creatures as well, but kind of like quite a weird technological, mm-hmm. you know, alternate alternate past.
2: Um, like, like you've got essentially some kids wearing like I don't know nineteen eighties kid stuff. Chilling out in the field, and what they're playing on is in fact some sort of alien spaceship that has clearly been there for some time.
3: Yeah, kind of like old robotics and yeah, mm. some yeah, just just weird tech. Oh, it's definitely now, stunning. Now, yeah. yeah, now yeah, the visuals are fantastic. Now, obviously, the the big news in the RPG world is because obviously, Tales from the Loop is a very very popular role playing game, and know, yeah, it'd be so, really. So it's a nice. series based. It's based on the artwork rather than... It's based on the artwork because the role-playing game is based upon the artwork yeah, as yeah. well because it's it's a licensed product. So there isn't necessarily to... a connection between the role-playing game itself and the not, TV series. Not as such, no. Um, yeah, it's, It comes from the same source material. Mm. I'm sure the writers of the TV... Yeah, because the whole world setting has been de- yeah, devised by Simon Stahlhag in conjunction with yeah. Free League. Um, So, obviously, the TV series would be taking a lot, you know, a lot of the flavour and everything from those. I'm going to be keeping an eye out for that. That sounds great. I I expect I will be sitting in and streaming the whole lot over the weekend as soon as it comes out. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Rob sounds like they're channeling the vibe of Stranger Things and so forth. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean,
1: Um, there's this whole sort of uh, 80s kind of nostalgia vibe going on right now
3: anyway, mm -hmm. which I love to bits because Mm. I'm a big 80s fan anyway. Mm. Yeah, and of course the, the, the main difference between Stranger Things and Tales from the Loop, Stranger Things is more monster orientated, yes. whereas Tales from the Loop seems to be slightly more technological, mm. weird, mm. you know, that side of it orientated. Mm. Um, and I suspect they will play that up to keep the difference But Tales the from the Loop, in it, there. it's set in uh, Sweden, isn't it? The the role-playing game has got two settings. One is in Sweden. One mm. is in Boulder City in Nevada, just outside Las Vegas. Right, so basically, yeah. you can play in one or the other, depending on yeah your group. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original setting is, is Sweden. But um, we, don't, we don't know what the TV series is. We don't know is, what the TV series is. It's in a small town, um, a small mysterious town, um, and that's really all we know. Mm. So it doesn't it hasn't really gone into... Yeah, there's there's very little details at the moment.
1: Well, keep your eyes open as soon as
2: we hear more, you'll ooh. hear it here first.
3: Or you probably won't.
2: But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I suppose there was one other thing. Um, you were t- you were talking earlier about a creative fund. Oh, yeah. Kickstarters. I was a bit confused. Could you explain that
3: to yeah. me? Yeah. Um, kit, which is a a company that basically does a lot of after Kickstarter services. So basically when a com- when when a project funds on Kickstarter, yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of times afterwards they go to Bucker kit to collect the information like your addresses and, and also they else. continue to take um, pledges after yeah. the Kickstarter's oh, okay. end. Yeah. And also they allow you to upgrade your kits, your 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 pledge. Mm. So if you've pledged a PDF and you now want the book, you can upgrade it afterwards and everything else. Right. And also if they've added any add-ons or have mm. stock of previous products that they produced. They can put all of that on that you can then buy. So basically it it ends up, hopefully for the creators bumping their, you know, their, their, their and it also cash just fund.
1: basically has some much
3: better sort of back uh, end tools rather yes. than Kickstarter itself, because some of Kickstarter's
1: reporting tools and admin tools are a little, leave a little beat to be desired, don't they? Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah a bit fiddly and awkward.
3: But, but basically, yeah. they, they've been doing this for years. Yeah. yeah. They, they've been running for probably five years or so um, through Bank Gear. But what they've just started is Creative Fund. Now, Creative mm. Fund, uh, what they're doing is they have a website, Creative Fund, they have a Patreon as well that they're doing as well to help raise some funds and awareness for it. But at its core, they're pledging, at the moment, $1 to every single Kickstarter campaign that gets released. Why? That's $1. Is that gets released or gets funded. Gets no, gets released. Right. Well, you know, is 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 being is, is right. You sort of explain
1: right. the purpose of that right. One, but I don't quite the, understand.
3: It the well. purpose of that is to help raise awareness of all the campaigns because even though a dollar doesn't really make much difference to the campaign itself, mm-hmm. um, obviously if you follow people on Kickstarter, right, right. Mm-hmm. because there's a tool on Kickstarter a little bit yeah, you know, social media or networking, you can follow creators or other backers on kickstarter and whenever they back something you'll get an automatic email saying hey your friends just backed this right yeah yeah, um which they're
1: hoping people will follow the
3: they're hoping that people will follow the creative fund uh there so they get automatic emails you know whenever Mm -hmm. the campaign backs but they're also going to be highlighting various projects through their website and various other things as well doesn't kickstarter do all this
1: anyway not it doesn't email you specifically, but you can certainly yeah. go and see the latest Kickstarters. Yeah. Just you can on do,
3: but the thing is, there's so many kickstarters come out that it's very, very easy to miss stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, if, um. if you yeah, because for instance. But um, if this
1: creative fund is supposed to be doing this with
3: all of them. You've got the same argument there. You, you will be getting so. a lot of yeah. yeah. you'll be getting a lot. Of so emails. it's exactly the same yeah. situation. So, um, but with creative fund at the moment, they're just doing a dollar for every campaign. What their Patreon mm. is there for is for every two thousand dollars in back that they get from Patreon, they'll mm. add a second yeah you know, another dollar onto a Mac in. Right. So if they're making two thousand dollars a month from Patreon, they'll do two dollars for every campaign. So does that this
1: launches? mean that uh, my next Kickstarter is? Guaranteed to make at least a dollar you'll get at least one dollar <gasps> back in wow well I'm doing it then yeah let do it <laughs> I was on the fence to be
2: fair <laughs> now I know that dollar is in the bank but it makes all the difference <laughs>
1: I feel like playing a game would Yay. you like to play our favourite game in all the world would you like to play a game Peter yes I'd love to what should we play Russ Ooh, I reckon we should play Guess What the Kickstarter Is from Just Its Name and Nothing Else. That game with that really catchy title. Can I play? Can I play this week? No, Angus, you've got to go outside and wait patiently until we're finished, because we base this on the column that you wrote. You never let me play. I will let you help judge. Oh, that's good. I know how much you like judging Peter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Hello,
1: hello. (laughs) Right, so come on, let's do it. Kickstarter numero uno, number one. Kickstarter the first. See, Occult secrets
2: of the underworld. Nice. So I'm going to say that's something combining uh, crime, preferably heist with the underworld, and then we've got occult secrets as well, which would generally be magical stuff. I suppose we could also have occult secrets being referring to, like, the underworld has in the realm of the dead. But oh, I like my version better.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, well, um, that's not a bad guess. Uh-huh. Um, the underworld in this case, however, is not the uh, sort of criminal underworld. It is the uh, underground underworld. Okay. Obviously, basically, it's the underdark, if you're okay. a D&D fan, but they're not using that term. Okay. Um, so uh, this is for 5th edition and Pathfinder. Okay. It is a, a Kickstarter heading underground to the realms below, where we unearth the mysterious occult traditions of the underworld.
0: All right. Then.
1: Um. So this is building on um, an existing book called Underworld Races and Classes, uh-huh. um, which had a sort of collection of uh, class options for
2: subterranean races. Uh, could you play a mic it? That's a I person.
1: do not know. You can play these things. You can play oh. a zwerk, of a vestradius of Earth Neblin cradle, Hoyral perfidious gitwork, <laughs> a mighty funglet, uh, a mighty speakers for the revered Dwiorg ancestors. Okay, Diverger, Drow, uh-huh. Draki, messiahs of ashes. Oh. Dodelig Colleators, Heralds of the Colloid, and um, the Ahuling Living Vampires. Ah, an important yeah. distinction. So the next one. Yes.
0: yes
1: Pathfinder RPG Dark Fantasy Adventures Collected Levels 1 to 14 by Matthew A. Bogdan. What do you think that is? Oh, uh, <laughs> <can you get laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's a pretty abstract
3: vague name, isn't it? Oh, I, I dark fantasy adventures collected.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, well, well. To be fair, I, uh, when I originally heard the thing as being dark fantasies, I was like, hmm. but I no, like Oh, it's Pathfinder. It's okay. So I'm sure it's all perfectly consensual. Um, so I'm guessing it's a collection of Pathfinder adventures for levels one to fourteen. You are correct. And I'm going to go further out and say specifically with a horror theme. Tell you what, to get the points for this one, okay. Guess how many pages it is. Oh, can't can't know how much it weighs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it weighs more than the book we weighed earlier. I'll, uh, tr- I'll give you that.
2: Wow. Okay. Uh So, say in the order of three hundred pages. No, it is four hundred and forty-four to five hundred pages. That's a lot That's of a
1: pages. Big, big book.
2: That is a melee weapon of a book.
1: Yeah, I mean these these adventures were sort of like eighty pages, seventy pages. You know, they're, they're they're big adventures. That's a lot of meat to your bones. Though. Yeah. Wow.
2: Um, okay, let's. We move on to the next one. Yes, let's. well I'd like to look at this one. Well, yeah, you probably got about a- sixteen hours of playing time per adventure, to Earth, at least.
1: Um. So yeah. Yeah, I mean the shortest one is No Man's Land at forty three oh. pages. Uh, the longest one looks like it's Escape from Skullkeep Prison at eighty seven pages. The first adventure for levels one to two adventurers must break into a prison that is being bombarded, magically bombarded, by a deranged half-orc warlock. And their mission is to rescue a sheriff's rogue brother who has been wrongfully imprisoned by a sadistic warden that uses his prisoners as entertainment for his visiting executioner and torturer brethren. Okay. we <laughs> did say dark fantasy. That's know. super dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we've also got Escape the Lair, Lich's Blue, Slaughterhouse of the Ogre Mage, mm-hmm. the Pine Barrens, Tombs of Frostheim, mm. Ghost Story, Winter's Darkness, and No Man's Land.
2: Fantastic. Well, that definitely sounds like something to look forward to. Okay. Possibly more than the PG rating. Possibly more, so I guess. Might have to go up to 12A, maybe no 15.
1: <laughs> okay. The name of this one is great.
2: Okay. Okay, then. Cthulhu, <laughs> Tales of Valour and Terror. Right. And Tales... Is felt T A I L S. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, think, I think I think you're getting this one. Oh, Catfulu, right? Um, <laughs> you want this game, don't you? I I sort of do. I'll be honest. I'm like, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> it, it, I, it's, I'm full of conflicting emotions for a man who's literally just heard the title. <laughs> Have you ever in your mind connected Cthulhu? Kittens before Cthulhu and kittens only in the sense that sometimes he gets hungry. <laughs> um, well, uh, in this game, you get to portray
1: cats investigating yeah. the Cthulhu mythos. Of course you do. Of course, of course you do. Yes, um, it's a collection of three adventures um, <laughs> using um, the uh, Cthulhu Velvet Paws on Cthulhu's Trail
2: horror role playing game. Of course. Why? Why not um, the cat? So this is, this is an expansion for yeah, an so existing so it's, it's role three, It's three games. adventures
1: for the existing role-playing
2: game, yeah. Fulu on Velvet Paws. Yeah, right. yeah
3: which right. uses the 7th uh, edition Call of Cthulhu BRP system. So it is an official Call of Cthulhu. Of course, of course. I yeah. wouldn't think it
2: was anything but the most serious <laughs> of role-playing games, I guess. So that Kickstarter ends on
1: Sunday. So you've got a week. Get in.
3: Ooh, yeah! the next The free the, the, the adventures, um, because the, the Tales of Valor is an adventure side of it, and you've got adventures in there for ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, and dark ages, Europe. Um, the second part of it, which is the uh, Tales of Terror. Mm -hmm. which is basically an anthology of short stories of the cats, you know, cats, mythos, basically. Um, And cats have actually had a very long-standing tradition in uh, H.P. Lovecraft's novels. Yeah. um, Because you've got, they are one of the creatures from Earth that can actually traverse between the dreamlands and our own plane of existence. Mm -hmm. And there is a story that I recall
2: as well, which is all about... What happens when people mess with the cats and they end very badly? You don't want to mess with cats. Don't want to mess with the cats. So. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm sure some kind of snore will write in and okay. explain it to us.
1: What is, and I'll spell this for you, yes. Syntech, spelled C Y N T
2: E K. It's a hard one to get. Uh, I'm going to say again, some sort of cyberpunk. Thing because you've got the whole tech T E K, which is quite reminiscent of things like Shadowrun, mm-hmm. and a bit of a uh, Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So yeah. Um, mm. As for the sin, I got nothing.
1: C Y N. Um, yeah. So there's just a, a Starship Maps and Miniatures Kickstarter by Ryan Wolf. There's been a few of these actually. I, mm. I've got at least it's one, in, maybe two of these, and they are they are really really nice. Yeah. Lovely, lovely poster maps.
2: Is it is it the name of the company
3: or just the name line? of the ship? The, the, the oh. type of ship or civilization. Yeah. Now, you, you've actually got the physical poster maps and stuff of these, haven't you? Because I've only ever got the digital versions. I've got two of them, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And they are, yeah, they're gorgeous looking. Yeah, they're absolutely lovely. Um, and all of the stuff he's doing now is compatible with Starfinder as well. Mm. Mm. So, yes. the GM's Tarot. Storytelling made easy.
2: Okay. Um, that sounds like quite a good title to me. From that, I would expect that you get a deck of cards which have some sort of prompt on them so that you can draw them out and essentially improvise the story off a tarot reading. Got it in one. Um,
1: System-neutral accessory um, used to AGMs in plotting campaigns, adventures, and encounters. Mm -hmm. Um, The initial general deck has almost 200,000 combinations of themes and they can be expanded with additional decks such as wilderness and urban and stuff like that. Ooh. But yeah, you, you got that one. That was, a, that was good. good time. 10 out it. of 10, then. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've got one more Kickstarter. Do you want to do the last one quickly? By Power Apocalyptic Magic.
2: Ooh, that is interesting. So power from when the world was young and magic that will end the world. Oof. I guess it's some sort of expanded spell book. Hmm. probably for fifth ed it is
1: for fifth ed Um, so this is a a small 28 page supplement that looks at the primordials a chaotic race of elementals who Mm. uh, waged war with the gods Um, supplement features profiles of five primordials a playable genie race a new druid subclass um, a new scholarly bard subclass new spells for magic users some primordial-related foes and a guide to creating your own primordials. Or I could have wanted them more. Of course. All
2: squeezed into 28 pages. That's a lot of information, then, mm. I suspect that this... It will take will a lot weigh, of licking.
1: This will weigh less than...
2: <laughs>
3: It'll weigh more or less than a duck. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm not entirely sure if it would weigh less than Ravnica... Because for things it's digital only, so I need to put my laptop on the scales. <laughs> oh, how much it weighs on it, obviously,
1: okay.
2: That's not
3: how measurements work. <laughs> right. Well, okay. I, I don't have
1: a laptop,
2: so I actually have to put my desktop on the, on the scales. You do. That would be I supposed um, to put my iPad on the scales. And if you'd like to help for us the uh, spar to join the twenty first century in terms of technology, then you should think about donating to our Patreon. What's the address? It's patreon.com.
1: Patreon.com. And just to, to spell that, patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Com.
2: P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah.
1: yeah. Forward slash Morris. That's M-O-R-R-U-S. M-O-R-R-U-S.
3: M-O-R-R-U-S. All together now? m o r u s
1: um, where you can support this podcast, help us keep it going. Um, we currently have seven lovely backers, one of whom is Angus. Whee! So that doesn't count. So we have six yeah. lovely backers and Angus. Whee! <laughs> a, yes.
2: okay.
1: and uh, every dollar counts, even if you can only afford to, to you know throw a dollar our way, everything counts because you know we've got to pay we've got to pay daryl our um our wonderful sound engineer every Wait. month, uh, and we also have to pay for all this equipment which okay. we are surrounded by in this vast high tech studio <laughs> that we find ourselves in. Over by the bar, if you say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so if you could support us on Patreon, that would be amazing. Thank you very much.
3: So you've managed to pass the beast of the gateway. You are now here amongst the heroes of legend to hear the competition results. (gasps) The
2: competition results? How exciting.
1: So do you remember the question last week? Was it how much is the trollway? It was indeed. How much is the trollway? Fantastic. So we got two entries. How much is the trollway? Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay. Well, you should know. You wrote the sketch. I should.
2: <laughs> and yet, <laughs> pray lose Yeah.
1: So the first entry, yeah, um, sadly incorrect. Oh, uh, was uh, from Sean Keedy. Yes. Um, but he has some 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 very nice words to say. He says, uh, "I love the podcast so yes. much." I especially like how you guys do segments. Seconds. Based on my internet research, uh-huh. my guess is a male troll weighs around 500 pounds. That is my guess for the troll. Um, well, That's a good guess. It's a good guess, Sean. Uh, but we did actually tell you in the podcast how much the troll weighed. Nice. Um, it was part of the sketch. Unfortunately, it wasn't 500 pounds, sadly.
2: Um, I'm afraid Mr. Troll must have been feeling like, quite depressed and lost a bit of weight.
1: Uh, we did get an entry Again, from
2: then. Tyler McConnell, who oh, yes. is this
1: week's winner, who says the Good troll up. is 12 foot 2 yes. and weighs 900 pounds, or in that region, which is exactly correct. Um, so, Tyler McConnell, you are the winner this week, and we will be sending you a copy of Xenomorphs, The Fall uh, of Somerset Landing. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, competition this week. Yes. Um, how much did... Mordenkainen's Tome of Foe's Way. <sighs> Will we accept answers in kilograms as well? You can answer in pounds or kilograms. Fantastic. This week's prize is a copy of The Island at the Axis of the World, which is an adventure, the first adventure in the uh, critically acclaimed Zeitgeist, Ooh. the Gears of Revolution adventure path for D&D 5th edition. Ah, oh, Nice. Uh, in order to enter the competition please email us at morrispodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com uh, with the correct answer to the, po- the competition and uh, from the correct answers we will pick a winner at random now,
2: we don't keep hold of your email addresses for marketing purposes, it's purely for the purpose of the competition entry the competition closes at, an, at a new closing time, Sunday midnight GMT
1: ok then I think that's probably it for today, then. Who knew that we'd be weighing books live on air to scientifically determine the page count of a as-yet-unannounced D&D book?
2: There you go. Empirical Science
1: at Work. I bet that has never been done on a podcast before.
2: That's your Patreon dollars at work. I bet that's never even been done off a podcast before. (laughs) Who knows? I can't say.
1: Anyway, um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, This is goodbye from me, Russ. It's goodbye from me, Peter. And goodbye from me, Angus. Bye-bye. Goodbye.
0: My ears hurt. That was awful. The worst. I'm going to be punishing those two for this awful performance. I just have to decide whether to put them both in the Iron Maiden or have them eaten alive by
2: sandwich ants.